Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Blue Moon. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and I've got two guests in the studio and one on the phone this week. Uh, the two in the studio, uh, the first one, uh, both parents are City fans. Welcome, Stephen Allwise. Thank you. Evening. Uh, the other guest, only one parent is a Manchester City fan, and that's Lisa Rabinowitz. Good evening. And on the phone, we've got someone whose mother is a Stoke City fan, and we're not happy about that, are we, Joe? Not tonight, no. No, Joe Doherty is back in the studio, back on the Man City Show. What a great joy and pleasure it is to have you with us, Joe. Little moment for me, please. Yeah. There we go. There we are, done. Good to be back, guys, good to be back. Uh, So tell us about this sort of Stoke City supporting mother of yours. How did that all happen? I know your dad, Chris, is a Mad City fan, of course, but uh, coming up, the, the game on Wednesday clearly sort of split loyalties in your house. Well, for most people, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill game, isn't it, Stoke at home? It's not really one you look for on the calendar, but in our family, it's always been the big game of the year, Stoke. And, uh, yeah, although I'm reason to believe that my mum's been to more Man City games this season. Well, I did see her at, at uh, was it Palace I saw your dad and yeah, yeah, That's we, right, yeah. Yeah, she was there with your dad at Palace. So, listen, welcome back to the show, Joe. Uh, before we talk about specific fixtures, I'm just going to ask some sort of generic questions about kind of season so far and so on. So maybe uh, we'll kick off in the studio with, is the gap too big to catch Chelsea? 11 points, 8 points, of course, if you win against Stoke. Is it kind of too big or do you see a little chink of something there, Stephen? It's, it's probably too big now. Every game that we win, we think... Oh, you know, we're in with a chance, but then I think we'd have identified a way to West Ham may have been potentially tricky for them, um, but they look very strong. Um, Of course, it's eight if we win our game in hand, five if we beat them, but then you're still relying on them losing another two after that. 
And I think, as we've always said, if there's an injury to Hazard and to Costa, um, they might struggle, but they're playing well. They look very tough to beat. Um, even when they drop points, they're still drawing a game. So I think it's too far now. You're a bit more optimistic, aren't you, Lisa? <laughs> Actually, strangely, yes. Um, I think it's highly unlikely we'll catch them, but I, I, until it's mathematically impossible, I'm remaining relatively positive. H- having said that, it's not just relying on us beating them and winning tomorrow and them dropping some points. We also have to beat... Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. I, I, I think it's actually more about. I'm uncertain about what we're going. To, I, I really think we just have to win every game now. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure we can do that. And even if we do, it's not guaranteed. because no. Chelsea just don't look like dropping yeah. points. It's weird. I don't think they look amazing, but they're just doing what they need to do. Hmm. And, and Joe, why 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 is Conte being more transformational than Pep? Do you think what is it about him? Because they're coming at the same time. Con- I think Conte, as a manager, he knew that he had to adapt his tactics for this league. And obviously we saw it in September when they got uh, trolleyed off Arsenal, that they knew exactly what they had to do. They had to adjust their positioning. And I think the way they play is tailor-made for the Premier League, provided no other team plays it. And I think the way we play is going well at the moment since we've introduced the two wingers. But we should have done what we're doing now about two months ago. And I think we'd be much closer in the title race than we are. We had too many months where we were just trying to walk the ball in. What do you put the good form, the good run down to, Stephen? What, what, Joe talked about the two wingers. Is that is that yeah, what it's down uh, to? Um, the pace, the width. They, Sané and Sterling, are, they're both so dangerous at the moment. But I think it's, it's back to how we were at the start of the season in terms of holding midfielder Silver and De Bruyne in the middle and then three attacking players who look busy, full of energy. Um, obviously, we had that, that blip in the middle of the season. I think Gundogan coming in slightly affected the way that either Silver or De Bruyne played because one of them generally played out wide. Um, so we've gone back to that. Plus, I think we're, we're more used to Pep's style of football, naturally. He always said it was going to take time. Um, and I think the first 10 games, which we won, probably fooled people into thinking we've adapted quicker than anyone expected mm. um, but we look more settled it looks like a pep team we we get the ball we move it quickly if we lose it then we hurry and press high up the pitch so I think we're playing very well and we may win all our remaining games um, but Sané Sané just looks brilliant and Sterling was a big season for him because it, yep. I thought it was quite disappointing last year with Pellegrini um, well, let's come back to one or two of the individuals. Joe, you, you mentioned the wingers. Uh, Stephen's talked about those famous first 10 games of the season. We kind of went off the boil. It's come back. Do you put it down yeah. to the wingers or, or is there something else going on? I think that Sane finds himself in this league has played a huge part of it because I believe he's been one of the best players in our side, top three players in our side for the last two or three months. Um, but I think that the way we're playing now, we've moved a few players around. I've been very impressed with Silver and De Bruyne playing like they've sort of swapped roles now. De Bruyne's playing the more deep role, which I think being bigger than Silva, he's more tailor-made for. And I think Silva's just been phenomenal. But also it's helped that we've now got, we've now looked like, albeit one was injured, but when he was playing, it looked like we had two world-class strikers in the squad. And I don't think we've had like that since we had Tevez and Aguero in the squad. Going back to Sane, Lisa, it's three in three. Um, he scored, I think it's five in nine in terms of goals this year. Um, he looks a special talent. He looks brilliant. I I was 
really a little bit concerned to begin with because he looked to be struggling to adapt. Um, but I was totally wrong to be concerned. He, I'm incredibly excited about him, more so than any of the other signings, I have to be honest. Like it, he's, I, I can't think of enough good words to describe him. He, it, it's just very, very exciting to watch. And he's not, he's got no fear. But I think back to the earlier question about Conte and him adapting, we saw Pep play Sané as a left wing back at times, mm. as he was, I think Pep was trying to work out, you know, impose his style on the players, but trying to work out the best 11, the best formation, the best team. Whereas Conte has used a formation that he knows inside out, and he's got the players to do it. He's got two wing backs, he's got three defenders. And Pep, I think we saw Sterling at wing back, De Bruyne, was it Leicester away when we lost within 10 minutes? De Bruyne seemed to be at left wing back and it's taken him half a season to work out, play your attacking players high up the pitch, let them loose and we look a much better team for it. I think also um, Conte inherited an overall better first team. I don't know what happened to them last season. It doesn't really make that much sense but I think he had to do a lot less to get them performing than Guardiola's had to do at City. What he what Guardiola's come into was a lot worse and he's imposing a completely different way of playing. I know that Conte has slightly as well, but I just I don't think it's like comparing like like at all. But I think Conte's system is probably easier to to play because you have to be solid and organised at the back. But essentially going forward they're relying on the three attackers. Um, and Hazard has had an excellent season, as has Costa, as has Pedro. Whereas you get the impression with City that everyone has to be functioning for the whole team to work. Um, And if a couple of players are off or aren't positionally in the right place, it affects the whole system more than it would one centre-back in Chelsea getting slightly dragged. I'm really surprised none of you, and Joe, you can maybe help us here, none of you have mentioned five consecutive clean sheets away from home and and Willie keeping five five clean sheets in seven. So that's we're talking about going forward, we're talking about our exciting sort of Sarnes and Sterlings and so on. But actually, keeping clean sheets we weren't able to do. that's, That's transformed things as well, hasn't it, Joe? Well, yeah, and there's a big reason for that is we finally got someone who can keep goal, frankly. I'd I've been. It's taken me longer than a lot of people because I didn't want to get on Bravo's back, and I really was pissed off with the way the City fans were, ironically cheering the saves against Huddersfield. That that annoyed me, but the fact remains that Willie is a better keeper, and he's and he showed in recent weeks because we looked so much more solid. And you can tell that he communicates with the defence better than Bravo does because they look more composed with him there. Even Colorado's looked half decent recently. Dare I say it? Um, you're shaking your head, Lisa. I'm not sure if you're disagreeing with Joe or you're falling asleep or, or what it is. Here. I don't completely disagree with him. I think Caballero is the better keeper and he does seem to communicate better with the defence. However, and I've said this earlier in the season, when things weren't going well, it was, I said it was because the attack wasn't functioning the way it was supposed to. And I think the reason we're conceding less is because the attack is functioning better and we are scoring goals. The possession we have is effective and we aren't losing it so easily. I think that has slightly more to do with it than who is in goal. And I think it's really, really easy. I feel feel so sorry for Bravo. I completely agree with Joe. I'm appalled by the way he's been treated by the City fans. I think they should be really ashamed of themselves. But, you know... I, I, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I, we will never know whether I'm right or someone else is right, but I just feel it's really too simplistic to, to say that it's because Caballero has been in goal that we haven't conceded. Yeah, we'll never know that. But, it, but it's, it's, his, 
shot-stopping record is not great. We know that. He, he, he wasn't making saves. Yeah, but we've discussed this before as well. We I mean, some shots aren't to be stopped. Whoever's in goal. Sure. It's, it's not a coincidence, surely, is it, Stephen, that we've changed our keeper and we've gone on a winning run? I don't think it's a, a huge factor. Um, Caballero, he's not making 10 world-class saves a game. I think we all agree at the moment we're more secure with him in net. He's a better shot-stopper. Probably not quite so good with his feet, but he does the job. Um, and as Lisa said, we've discussed before on here to death about Bravo and he's a scapegoat and he doesn't stop enough. And I th- Caballero has done fine. I think he made one decent save against Sunderland. If that goes in, we still win the game. No one mentions that he should have saved it. Um, whereas as soon as Bravo makes a mistake, people pounce on it. It's a bit like John Stones. No one mentions it when he's defensively secure, as I think he has been the last couple of months. As soon as he makes a mistake because he plays the ball out from the back and it's intercepted, everyone pounces on him because it's now the done thing to know that Stones makes mistakes or Bravo makes mistakes. Caballero's done a good job. We're not going to have either Bravo or Caballero as our keeper next year. Well, I was going on to say that, that neither of them are our long-term solution. Joe, you, you're probably as good as anybody looking at Europe and looking at the keepers around the world. Who are the sort of keepers you think that Pep's got his eye on? Well, actually, you say about it's ironic you should say about Europe and around the world because I think one of the keepers that Pep supposedly got his eye on played against us on Sunday. That Jordan Pickford is a very exciting young goalie, and I think there's a big rumour that City are interested in him. Um, I've also had us be linked with you know the usuals like your lawyers, but I can't see that happening. Anybody at Stephen, you got a view? No, I think there was the keeper at Benfica um, was linked. Um, who knows? Pep <laughs> clearly knows what he wants from a keeper. Um, Ter Stegen might be one where we revisit in the summer change of manager at Barcelona who knows I'd be surprised if it's Pickford I'd be surprised if it's any English keeper mm. um, considering he's got rid of the best one Exactly In terms of who else has stood out uh, Joe I'm, I'm keen to get your view on Aguero because we've talked about this the last couple of weeks I think we were writing him off two weeks ago of course um, and suddenly Pep's got him playing the Pep way hasn't he? Well, I didn't believe any of the talk in the paper. I think Aguero was always going to stay. And um, I, I think the reason he's playing well again is because it's because of Jesus. Everyone thinks, oh, he's going to leave because of Jesus. I didn't think that at all. I think what it is is that Jesus is going to make him more hungry, more eager to prove himself. Because also, like I said, he really hasn't had any competition for a long time for his place. He's always had a pretty easy, like, he's always been by a mile the best striker we've had at City. And now we've finally got someone who is a lot younger than him and has excited us a lot. He's going to finally pull his finger out a bit and prove himself, and that's what he's been doing. Stephen? Yeah, he's played very well. He, it was always over the top to say he's going to leave the club because he doesn't run around like Paul Dickoff. He's, <laughs> he's guaranteed 20, 25 goals a season. Sergio um, Aguero, the new Paul Dickoff. Absolutely. Um, but I agree They've both got important late goals this is true very true um, any other similarities Joe but neither of them the, the tallest footballer on the planet you could argue as well yep important what goals what part of Not, Scotland's Aguero from uh, Glasgow east end of Glasgow both have initials of City podcast regulars Stephen Allwise Paul Denby Oh, mm-hmm. bit niche that one um, <laughs> no Aguero he's he, He's working a lot harder. I think we've seen the stats um, that he's covering more ground and more sprints. But he's still the same striker that 
we saw against Sunderland, the cross comes into the box. He's the one gambling at the front post and he scores. And he looks, his reaction, his celebrations, he fully buys into it. He's not playing, I think, just to prove a point. He gets what Pep wants and he's working for the team and you don't get rid of someone that easily when they guarantee goals. But but he wasn't, was it? Let's be no. honest, he wasn't. He is now, but he wasn't. Something yeah. has changed. I agree with Joe. I think it is because of Jesus. Because I think it's he's he can now see that he isn't guaranteed. He might be a player who's guaranteed 20-plus goals a season, but I don't think Guardiola cares about that because he can see them coming from elsewhere. Mm. So now he sees what he has to do to prove that he's worth that spot. That spot. So I'm delighted to see it. I think it would have been pretty... A, re- a real shame for him to have kind of petered out as a City player because he couldn't be bothered running around a bit more but he's really I think he's really proving himself actually fair play to him because it would have been easy to go well I score I don't need to run and every manager in the past plays me and um, it's your loss if if you let me go yep. but he's responded very well and it was interesting seeing Pep at the end of the Sunderland game sort of came on the pitch and I'm fast he was asked this thing at the press conference today wasn't he in terms of you know why did you kind of go up it was it was I think Silver particularly mm-hmm. wasn't it who he kind of was quite animated in terms of sort of talking about an incident in the game and, and then put his arm around him and gave him a big hug and so on he said I think his answer was something along the lines of it's while it's fresh in their minds they will remember the incident so on it just just shows sort of the passion for the man and he just wants to get out there straight away did you did you see that, Joe? Did you see him with Silver at the end of the game? I couldn't see it at the game. I saw it afterwards on the telly, but yeah. I think it's good that we've got a manager like that because I felt at times last season the thing that let us down was our manager, if we won a game in spite of how we played rather than due to how we played, he'd take it as a win and he wouldn't change things and it would show in the following game we'd lost. Whereas Pep is a perfectionist Silver does one thing wrong in that game, he gets told, and then the next game he doesn't do the same thing. So I'm I'm happy that's the case. And and bringing us forward to the Sunderland game, pretty pretty confident, competent two nil win. Um, we've talked about a number of players. It, who else stood out for you, Joe? I mean, Silver I think got the man of the match. Other people talked about yeah. Sane. The kind of bit of a split between the two. You may have your own, but uh, you were clearly at the game. Yeah, you, you you were up there yeah. in Sunderland. Your, your thoughts on 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 the performance in particular? Who else stood out for you? Well, I think Sane and Silver were the two best players on the pitch. But I also I thought the whole team just apart from those two, I don't think anyone was particularly spectacular. But sometimes in a game like that. You just need to be solid away from home, keep a clean sheet and get a couple of goals. And I thought that was an outstanding performance in that regard. And you sort of look back at the rest of the season, we could have had a few more of them. We could still be top of the league then. But uh, it shows we're learning, I suppose. Because I don't think, I think none of us thought we were going to do it this season. I think we all thought it would be a work in progress. It's good to see that a lot of the things that I thought would come good next season are starting to happen this season. What in particular, Joe? What are the, what are the things that pleased you most? Well, I thought that we were a lot more resilient. Sunderland came us at times. You know, they've got a decent, they've got a half decent attack. We shouldn't forget. And you know, we dealt with their chance. Apart from the one where we were a bit lucky, where Barini missed the open net. I thought we dealt with them. We held them at arm's length. And the other thing that was very pleasing was every time they defended the ball, we won it straight back and were straight at them again. The pressing game. Yeah. was outstanding at Sunderland and they couldn't handle it and we wouldn't seem to get out of second or third gear though did we really Stephen it wasn't, wasn't no I mean, we didn't, we need, didn't to. need to exactly, exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the I manager think, wasn't happy with that but that's where I think he might have to adapt 
his style to England because the players will have known 2 nil up half an hour to go Sunderland had run out of energy they had their one Defoe shot in the first half and after that did nothing and I think you could see the players were just conserving energy we've got a game this midweek then we've got a game at the weekend then another midweek and it seems more intense than other leagues so Pep demands more and wants us to get four and five the players probably think we can save our legs for half an hour here to a certain extent, I agree with that. Having said that, there are three teams now with the same goal difference. And being a team who won the league on goal difference, I actually think we could have done with a few more. And it sounds ridiculous, but it could come down to that. And I think, I think there are three of us with exactly the same goal difference at the moment, and that one of them is outside the top four. So, so, so were you disappointed then, Lisa? To, I wasn't disappointed, but I can understand where Pep's coming from. I also understand where the players are coming from, given what we have got coming up. But... I think it was probably an opportunity and I, 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 I do think we need to have that mentality of going for the jugular a little bit more. And Yaya, just uh, mention him as well, sort of newfound form and uh, his driving, his run for the, for the first goal was just out of this world, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought he struggled actually the first 20 minutes when Sunderland really pressed high and I think Pep made the decision to swap him and Fernandinho so Fernandinho went deeper which just freed up Yaya a bit more and he was excellent. But also I want to mention, because I don't normally give this player praise. So just hold on a minute. Lisa, just, just calm yourself down, okay? okay. Ta- take a few breaths. I've got some water there for you. you okay. No, just, just, Tranquilizer. Just, just, just calm. Okay. Just be calm. Just wait for this moment. Right, Stephen, go. Right, no. Um, <laughs> Alex Kolarov, who is not a very good defender, as we've made clear, Um But I think against Sunderland, him and Stones together were excellent. And you can see why against those weaker teams where we are going to have 70% possession, Pep does like Kolarov in there because he can bring the ball out from the back, because he can play these 60-yard crossfield balls or ping it into the strikers. But the question is always, can he defend? And I thought he did well. I would not want him there against Monaco. I wouldn't want him there against any decent team. But, you know, he's, he's turned himself around this season. Joe, do you want to help Lisa understand the strengths that Kolarov has and, and what he brings to the team? Would you agree with Stephen? I totally agree with Stephen. I think that Kolarov is very useful in those sort of games because he can get the ball forward and get it moving. He's not as much for red card waiting to happen as Otamendi is and that can often be what lets us down in those sort of games as stupid mistakes. But I also agree that, if, that Pep's pissing in the wind if he thinks it's a good idea to play Kolarov at the centre against Monaco Liverpool, Chelsea or Arsenal I mean I don't know about company state but I would certainly play Stones and Otamendi for those games Well, we're going to come back to Vinny in a second. Uh, We're going to take a short break very, very soon. So, Lise, before we do that, your opportunity to defend your favourite City player. No, I agree. I actually agree, I think. But but in the context of playing opposition like Sunderland, um, I would not want him against better opposition. Um, And at one point in the match, I did liken him and Clichy, the left side of our defence, to the Chuckle Brothers. So... um, it was a bit to me to you if uh, I hope that's not too that's not aging me too much um, but it was it was a slightly ridiculous scenario at one point but overall I think he he did play very well alright on that positive note I think it's a good time to take a quick break and we'll be straight back just after this hello 
from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? I will know. That's, that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star second across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. Let's talk now about the uh, the midweek game against Stoke, against Joe's mother's team. Uh, Joe, obviously going to be there again. Look forward to meeting you at the ground before or after the game. We haven't decided yet we're meeting up, but we shall do that. So let's... Uh, do that. It, w- what does your mum reckon? What does your dad reckon? What does Joe reckon to Stoke, <laughs> Manchester versus Stoke? Well, I'll say my dad's just pissing in the wind if you think you're going to get an answer from me. He never predicts games. <laughs> <laughs> Literally never. Uh, my mum... I don't know. She half the time she'll say that the game is. She'll never say it subtly. It'll either be Stoke are going to turn up and do us, or we'll beat them five nil. And what does Joe think? I think it'll be. I think it'll be a bit like maybe the Watford game we had a few weeks ago. I think we'll, I think we'll win. I think we'll be reasonably comfortable. I don't think they'll threaten us that much. Three nil. We usually beat them three nil at home, don't we? I think it'll just be enough of those. To be honest, a fairly solid home win. I mean, the big question is, we've touched touched on this already, is the fact that these games are coming thick and fast. I mean, we've got this game, we've got to keep sort of tabs on Chelsea. We've then got an FA Cup quarter final, which shouldn't just be dismissed out of hand at the weekend. And then we go to Monaco in the Champions League. So these games are coming thick and fast. So it, it's team selection, I guess, is critical, isn't it? Hmm. Absolutely. And I could see that's why De Bruyne didn't play on Sunday. So he's going to start, I guess, Lisa. I would he? have thought De Bruyne would start. Um, but it, it's very difficult because it's not like any of them aren't important. And it's not. I mean, and with Stoke, I, it just depends which version of Stoke turn up. Because if Stoke that played against Spurs a few weeks ago turn up, then we should hammer them. But they didn't look so bad at the weekend, I don't think. So, I don't I mean, Peter Crouch is bound to score, right? He always scores he against scores us. Against I think there are certain areas in the squad midfield where we can rotate. You can play Yaya or Fernandinho or bring Fernando in if you had to. You've got Silva and De Bruyne and you've got others who can play in there. But as soon as you take out one of the front three, I mean, people can say Nolito started the season well. And he's, he's a decent player, knows the system, hasn't got that explosive pace. Navas has got the pace, but doesn't have any end product. Kelechi is not a patch on Aguero. So I think rotating the front three is going to be tricky for Pep because they can't play consecutive games at the intensity which he wants them to and if you think of what happened at Huddersfield of course where he did okay he changed it slightly more than that to be fair but we were we were totally ineffective pretty much but that I think that's a different situation because you're making eight or nine changes um if he makes a couple a game and he rests I think Silver and Yaya missed the cup game De Bruyne missed the most recent game I think that's the way to do it rather than wholesale changes yeah so Providing that he makes only those two changes, we'd like to think that, you know, as, as we've said before, the sort of their league position. But then, then we get to a, a cup quarter final, of course, at the uh, at the weekend up at Middlesbrough. Um, clearly, 
one everybody talks about is probably the the one piece of silverware that's the most likely we've got the best chance of winning. I uh, wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but uh, and nor does Lisa, I know. So, uh, your thoughts on that? Is it is it sort of business as usual? Is it again those other couple of changes that Stephen talks about, rotating those front three uh, and making sure we do the business away at Borough? Yes, they're, they're struggling, aren't they? They're, they're they dropped are into the bottom, dropped into the bottom three in the league this weekend. Yeah, so they've probably got more pressing concerns at the same time. Though it is a quarter final, so I don't suppose anyone's going to be trying to throw it. It has to be, um, it has to come to a conclusion at the weekend. That's There's no right. replay, yep. which is a good thing anyway. But I wouldn't want to be playing extra time either, to be perfectly honest. Um, it won't be easy. We don't find playing teams like that that easy. However. Uh, well, that's why I would probably st- I would start with a stronger team as possible and hope that we can finish it quickly. I mean, that doesn't always happen like that. So, that- which, which is the more important game, the Stoke game or the Middlesbrough game? Nice, easy question for you. Which will Pep be prioritising of those two games? You see, unfortunately, and, and it's not that I think that I don't want to win the, the Middlesbrough match. I think the Stoke match is more important because I think we need we could do with finishing in the top four and. Um, Would you agree? With although that? I think we might win the Champions League, so it might not matter. Um, but I, I, it's really diff- it's a very difficult situation. So that's why I asked the question. Stephen yeah. doesn't agree with you. No, I, do. I, I think we'll finish second. Absolutely no problem. It, so which is the more important? A, mo- so as a, a month result or two ago, I'd have thought, okay, maybe top four is is in danger, but we'll be we'll be comfortably top four. Um, it's, it's a very good question, Nigel. Joe, none of them are asked. You, you will answer it. You're, you're a budding journalist. Please answer my excellent question, Joe. Which is, uh, more, which is more important? I think you'll prioritise the game tomorrow night. Um, I think that's why he rested De Bruyne on Sunday, because of this game. And I, I think that Stoke are a harder team to... Right, at this moment in time, they're a harder team to play against than Middlesbrough. I'd like to think that if we made a couple of changes right now... I know we drew them at home, but... Borough have really gone off the boil lately. I think we could do them regardless. So Stoke, there's always something about... Even if Stoke have had a couple of bad games, there's always something about them that's very tricky to play against. And not to mention, a few days after Middlesbrough, we've got Monaco. So, and that's the game that you'll really be prioritising. So I think partly just the fact it's closer means you'll prioritise Stoke. That, that, that wasn't my question, of course. I think we all know the Monaco one is probably the most important of all three, uh, I would argue. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. Okay, so um, the, what happens then, of course, is we then get the next three league games, you will know this, of course, are Liverpool at home, Arsenal away, and Chelsea away. That is some run, isn't it? The computer did us no favours. It's difficult, but I, I think Pep will relish it. I think he, you can just tell he enjoys those challenges of, of whether it's matching Chelsea's system, which is what he tried to do in the first game. Liverpool away, we were poor. Um, Arsenal second half was probably the best we've played all season. So I think, I think we've played well generally in those bigger games, um, and we're in form. We're confident. Um, I think that other teams will look at our attacking options and, and be scared. I mean, you could de- describe it as a season-defining next three weeks. So what does good stroke bad look like in terms of outcome then from these these key games? Bad looks like, but which ones? The Liverpool. Yeah, I'm going that, that run of that, that kind of Liverpool Arsenal Chelsea run, still in the FA Cup, Monaco away. If you look back in three weeks' time, having played those three tough league games and got or not got to the quarter final, another Wembley trip to the semi final for, for, for the FA Cup, 
which what, what, what's what's good what's bad lisa good is winning all three games <laughs> winning the quarterfinal and beating monaco um i think highly unlikely um but i would be happy with beating liverpool beating arsenal and not losing to chelsea is that where you are joe how, how do you feel about those up and coming fixtures uh those three games, I think. If I think on current form, I'm, I think we can get five points, if not seven points, from those games. Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, still always turn up to these sort of games, so it's a very hard one to call. I can see us beating Arsenal. I don't care that we've had a bad run at their ground. They're really out of form at the moment. Chelsea, very hard game to look at, but I think we could get a point there for sure. Okay, well, I we don't know. It's hard one to call. We did throw it out there and ask our Twitter followers if there's any particular questions they, they wanted us to ask. And our, and our good friend, MCFC Pragmatist, threw a couple at us. So let me throw those to our, our guests as well tonight. And, and one is when we think Vinny might next appear. Because as according to Pepe's back training, um, sort of he implied that he was kind of getting towards full fitness. Is he going to feature in any of the games we've talked about, do you think? Is, is, that, is that likely? I know we don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings about that? Without knowing, out of, out of thought uh, the cup game Borough is probably the likeliest it's very strange because he played away at Palace 90 minutes was brilliant looked as if he'd never been away then he was on the bench for the next four or five so was clearly training was clearly fit but doesn't play even though he's our best centre-back and then we heard then picks up an injury in training that that keeps him out for another couple of weeks and we don't know but what we do know is that when he plays we're a much better team I would, if he's fit, I'd play him tomorrow because you want him to get a couple of games and then you can say, OK, we'll play him against Monaco, we'll play him against Chelsea. We'll play, because that change, that could change. every. If he can be fit for those games, then I'd become even more positive about it than I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. But um, I just, unfortunately, I've just this is where my positivity goes. I just feel that I can't, I can't see it anymore. I can't see him coming back properly ever are you as negative as that joe about Vinny, or do you have a slightly more positive view of his future at city well i think part of the problem is is we've got such important games coming up now that we can't really risk him getting injured halfway through and disrupting the team so i agree if he plays at all he'll play at borough um i i I hate to say it as well but i don't think we'll ever see him playing consistently first there's nothing i want more than see us do that again but i really can't see it all right so so one last question before we go and that's uh, again from our friend mcfc pragmatist uh two-thirds of the way through pep's first season what should we be most pleased and underwhelmed with um steven you kick us off with that then and so two-thirds of the way through pep's first season with us most pleased is how good we've looked the past few matches because it's taken time for for the players to adapt to what Pep wants. I think we're seeing his footprint now is on the team. Young, attacking, energetic, quality football. We're going to improve in the summer transfer window. We're going to sign more players of the style that he wants. So I think that's the most heartening at the minute. Disappointing would be the blip in the middle of the season when we were probably two or three months playing poorly, grinding out wins but also spluttering to a few defeats and draws at the same time and he never looked like turning it around um, but he has done and we look great and when we click we're just on a different level to everyone else in the league Lisa um, 
I'm not underwhelmed by anything. I'm not worried about anything. I, yeah, I wouldn't have, I, I could have done without the blip, but I expected it to be far worse than this, to be honest. Um, and I, I think you were the person at the start of the season who said, we may not even finish in the top top four. We might, yeah. we might finish sixth, well, I think is what you said. Yeah, yeah, and there's been plenty of times that season, that this season it's looked like that, and it's still not beyond the realms of possibility. But I'm just so pleased to have a manager who has different ideas and isn't frightened to try them out and doesn't care what everyone else says and and will get rid of a goalkeeper that everyone loves because there are other problems that we might not know about or because it just doesn't work the way he wants it to and and it's just so refreshing to have a manager that actually manages the team and he'll play Fernandinho at left back and all sorts of things like yeah, that well, yeah well that's not so wonderful but you know I, I just I've I found the whole thing it's just such a difference to the past three seasons and yeah. I mean that even though we won the league in one of them it's refreshing a bit like Very having refreshing. Joe a bit like having Joe Doherty back on the show so Joe, the last word is with you my friend let's have your thoughts on what you're pleased with what's underwhelmed you about Pep's first two thirds of a season well I'm pleased with particularly after last season that we've been able to match and beat our rivals because I thought last season that really let us down. I thought our record last season was embarrassing against them. And this season, obviously, if you look at the top six, beating Arsenal, beating United, should have beaten Tottenham. And then you look in the Champions League, we matched Barcelona and things like that. Underwhelmed with is our tendency to still not pull the trigger enough. I think that we spend too much of certain games trying to walk the ball in the net and that's let us down a lot. Good. It's great having you back on the show, Joe. Much appreciated. And thank huge thanks. Good man. Uh, So that's huge thanks to my three guests, Stephen Allwise, Lisa Rabinowitz and Joe Doherty. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.